This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. We are back as the international break fizzles away. Thank God. Joining me to get back in the swing of things, Mr. Chris Bird, Mr. Phil Shaw, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. hello. How you doing? All right. Did you put your international break into good use? I did, actually, yeah. I did. It was great. Had a Very nice vague. And it was good when the weather's good. We finally got Very summer. Very vague. Very vague. I've actually been working on three really good projects that I'm not allowed to talk about, but they're actually really cool ones as well. And I actually enjoyed What's... not watching any football. I think I earned that break. Define cool. Uh, one really, really good band, TV thing, and an 80s legend. There you go. Lots of money. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> if I get it right. <laughs> yeah, sounds a bit speculative. Uh, Phil Shaw, anything good in your life? For a change, <laughs> for a change. Well, I'm in midlife crisis. Like I said, I shaved shaved my beard off for the first time in ten years because I this went into a shopping centre. It is big, big news. news. Went into a shopping centre and everybody had a beard, so I went right. I can't be the. They're all copying me now. You're such a but contrarian. One, yeah, it's amazing how you can uh, how we can do a podcast audio only just to avoid copycats, and yet they've managed to find you and copy you. <laughs> Yeah, although my son just he as soon as he looked around and saw me for the first time in his, his seven years life with no with no beard in my face, he just screamed and ran away. Oh, is, he, is he still crying? Mm, he's he's getting there now. He's like he's moved even out. Though I, even though when I touched my face, it's fine. He just went, no, don't make me do that, and he ran away. It's normally, it's the other way around, isn't it? With uh, beards. And how and how was your international break, David? I went to Dublin for a few days. Well, actually, uh, four or five, I think. To see some family who uh, live out there nowadays, but no, very, very good. What's the highest pub in the world uh, in Ireland? Johnny Fox's. Johnny Fox's, creamiest Guinness in the land, surely. Very good. Mm-hmm. That is very good. Mm-hmm. And some spectacular gardens. I can't remember what they're called. Is it Power Court? Something like that. Some sign said top three in the world. Somewhere else it said top ten. And uh, jury's out. 
in terms of best in the world. I think that's self-proclaimed maybe. But no, it's good. It always, I mean, I go to Ireland quite a lot now, so it's always good to see new things every every time I get out there. Yeah, you'd be a Guinness connoisseur now. You'll get to know a good one and a bad one. Yeah, well, I've, I kind of always know what a good one is and what a bad one is, and then there's what a terrible one is, and that's normally uh, related to Villa Park. But, uh, <laughs> let's, let's not dwell on that one the only thing i did miss out when we were out we didn't get back in time to join in the dutchies in there oh, I look great fun, around didn't it? march because uh we went to budapest for the euros and so we did the march uh it's it's, it's great you know it really is uh, looks fun. good and fun a lot of english people on twitter got upset about it and you know they're you know because they're just miserable basically because it is act it, it is uh life affirming kind of fun i mean when we we're going through budapest you're serenading families on their balconies and uh you know it's better than singing about 10 german bombers but yeah it looked a good crack uh they brought the crack to dublin uh, they in did, many they're, ways. Funny, they're, they're colorful and yeah it's funny because they're actual club fans away nasty, uh, 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 vicious <laughs> bastards yeah but <laughs> yeah and a lot of the club fans don't have anything to do with the international scene. But yeah, it is interesting because the Dutch, you know, really good international fans in terms of bringing the fun. And uh, their away fans, uh, in terms of their domestic teams, are always getting banned and fined relentlessly. Right, coming up in the show, and I've just put out a Eurovisions uh, episode by the time you listen to this. And then there'll be a something for the weekend. So uh, we will get up to speed very quickly. So this one's essentially picking up the loose ends, the main part of the show. We'll, we'll have a look at what Emery was saying in his interview, uh, his in-house interview with the club. But we'll go through all the, the normal sections and focus a little bit, kind of a taking stock on the back of Emery's interview. But this is just to get in the swing of things, isn't it, chaps? Because it feels like it's a long time. Isn't it? They're all weird, these start of the season international breaks. You don't, just don't get, get your chance season to get going, don't much you? And momentum kind of... going, yeah. Although in Villa's case, it's a bit, I mean, you know... When you've had those big injuries and the Mings injury especially, and you're and you're trying to reorganise your defence, saying that you've still got injuries there. Carlos went off, didn't he? And yeah, Pau Torres uh, obviously was on international break. So they exactly because the key is that the centre back partnership. So we haven't really had a chance to really uh, focus on that. Or it seems that every team I support, I mean the New York Jets, big song and dance are getting uh, Aaron Rodgers. Although, you know, he's a bit past his sale-by date, potentially. You couldn't move in New York without seeing his face. And then uh, he last four snaps. And as Phil Shaw joked uh, before the show, the, the fourth snap was probably his... Uh, his Achilles tendon. But yeah, fancy going, changing all your structure of your team, like in terms of draft picks and everything, and it all blows up within literally a minute or two. But it's it's very Mings, it's very Buendia. Villa have kind of suffered it, although, you know, obviously a quarterback is the uh, integral part of your team. So, yeah, my sporting teams this season have been kicked in the bollocks twice. But hopefully we can recover. But it, it takes, it's a dampener because you want to go head first with your full strength team in both yeah. uh, both cases. So there is a little bit of compromise. And I'm also, I'm really interested um, post sort of international break because they really have had a, I managed to do a little bit of work, sit and do a lot of analysis over that period. And it'd be interesting, obviously, having been on the end of, let's be honest, a couple of pr- pretty meaty hidings should we say um, at the start of the season as much as we've had some good results as well it'll be interesting to see what his you know what his take is on that and what you know internally how they've tried to amend the errors certainly defensively yeah because when you ship eight goals in two games it's not the greatest uh, no looks no anyway enough of Aaron Rodgers etc let's get into some Villa news 
Right, international roundup. Zaniola playing for Italy and they win against the Ukraine. They'd managed to do what England uh, failed to do. McGr- he played McGinn quite played, well, uh, yeah, was, he played a, around seven, just over 70 minutes. Uh, Bailey featured uh, for Jamaica. I think they came back from 2 0 down. Who, who were they playing? They were playing Haiti. Haiti. Yeah. Big slugfest, that one. Meanwhile, Tillemans, I think he was on the bench, wasn't he, in the second yeah, game? He started one and sat on the bench for the yeah. other year. Kamara, I think he was twice. on the bench. France's second game as well. So was Torres as well. He didn't get any minutes. Yeah, Duran got a little bit of action in Colombia's. They drew nil-nil. Argentina, a couple of clean sheets for Martinez. McGinn had a chance uh, against England, but he was chasing ghosts most of the time, wasn't he? England's midfield that night looked really good. Mm, he probably had the big chance at, at 2-1 and then yeah, had a head on the it, shoulder. It? Yeah, we just went over the bar. But he scored against Cyprus in the game before. So Great sure. goal, actually, that one. Really yeah, good goal. They're happy enough. Uh, Coutinho finally leaves for Al De Hale, a team that I never knew existed before uh, Coutinho signed for him. So maybe he's done his job already. All his wages recovered. That's the big thing. But you'd rather get a fee as well if you could have. Well, you wanted a fee. I mean, paying his wages, that means we've just lost all that fee. And it's been a disaster. Let's not... Uh, Depending on what... It, if it's a loan to buy, and they've, and they've you know, if they've sort of said, well, we will buy him at the end of the season for X, then it, it's not not all he's, lost. He's not increasing in value, is he? Let's face it. No. He's 31 now. He's... This is no. a this is a failure. This is a cut your losses. Uh, at least you, his wages are off, but it just stinks in terms of a signing. And yeah. the guy's body's just broken down, isn't it? Not as badly yeah. as Keenan Davis's, but so. oh god, what a shame for the guy. That was it. Yeah, was it like one one. Uh, he's been there like about a week, hasn't he? And he's already in Udinese. Yeah, yeah, injured straight away. But Coutinho, yeah, it's like if you sold him and got feedback, because I mean, this is the idea of selling to the Middle East is you, you get big bumper money and but this just shows you how far Coutinho's fallen because anybody's football savvy knows this guy's just got injury written on his forehead so you're not going to get much out of him and he's just going there as a, a bit of a stunt signing really it's just a sh- like shirt sales and a commercial thing isn't it potentially yeah it's all it is it's just a business transaction I was dubious when he signed but, you know, I don't want to piss on people's parades. But then, you know, even at the end, you're just thinking, well, you know, Europa Conference League, at least give us a tune before you go. And it's kind of the hope, but it's, you know, you know you're kidding yourself as a, as a supporter. But just be nice to see, see him do something. Granted, scoring against United on his debut, that was, you know, that was a good moment. But then the big one where he scored that goal against City where he could potentially shaft their title chances and we didn't follow through. It was it was all for nothing. But uh, Stevenage tweeted about him, didn't they, or X'd about him? Yeah. I mean, obviously he played in the game against Stevenage and hit about a dozen shots over the bar. Um, Stevenage just X'd out going, they found him finally, as if he was missing against them. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, Stephen as you've done it a couple of times, haven't they? Had a little dig at Villa. Fair enough, I say, because yeah, should be putting Stevenage away. That's still the blot on uh, Emery's copy, but hopefully uh, we get to play them again, or uh, hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully not. Really, Villa did eventually come up with a three-match deal for the uh, Europa Conference home games. I mean, this is the reason why you know I tweeted the Brighton put out there package plan it was the start of august before they even knew the the draw they've been really good brighton i must admit 
in terms of how they've approached their first Europe, I mean, I did a meeting with the Football Supporters Association where it was like members of teams in Europe for the first time for a long time, in our case, or Brighton, first time ever with, you know, fans that go every season, you know, your Champions League teams like the Liverpool reps and the Manchester United reps. So it's like passing on knowledge and things to look out for and, uh, you know, opportunity to uh, sound out any questions, you know, regarding policing, etc., ticket collection, etc. But Brighton actually had two members of staff from their like ticketing team there. And as you're just thinking, well, that's smart. You know, that's what you should be doing. You should be down with the supporters, finding out what the problems are from other supporters, you know, who have trod the path before, so that your own supporters will have the best deal and, you know, service. Well, the best, and ultimately the best experience. So they want to enjoy the experience of being in Europe. When they're away and, you know, so they'll know everything. So that there'll be no surprises they got it right and you know it's exactly what they should do so i mean you know i'm tweeting brighton packages obviously to put pressure on on villa to do the right thing well was it three three games for 75 quid wasn't it for them when you think about who they've got you know they've got ak athens marseille and ajax you'd say that's a kind of a sort of a budget champions league group because marseille and ajax you'd class yeah. as pretty heavy hitter european teams you've got big away followings so they feel like big european knights yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's, it's similar to when we had Ajax and Hamburg. I mean, especially Ajax. That, that mm-hmm. night at Villa Park felt like a proper European night. The League Cup oh, ticket I've, prices, which I was, I've I never, was some really... I was surprised by that. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never seen, I mean, you, you, don't, you don't judge purely on Twitter, but I saw when Villa, the AV support Twitter page, which is generally a useful thing to have, put up the... The sort of the official announcement, whatever you want to call it. I've never. I think I, I checked at one point. There were 111 comments. One was positive. All of the, there was a, I mean, there were 110 comments basically going "fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you" hmm. all the way down. Re-shield. Resounding, resounding called. fuck up that one is. Because your starting point is the last few seasons. The first cup game at home has always been free for season ticket holders. So there's your starting point. Bearing in mind, they did that, didn't they, last year against Stevenage, and the gate was really low. Yeah, well, Stevenage. It was the worst, the worst gate we've had in years. That's why they scrapped it. Yeah. But but the point is, that's the starting point. So to jump from that to, you know, 40-odd pounds in some cases, what's the, yeah. is it 35, is that the lowest? Yeah, it's about sort of 30, 35-ish, yeah. Which, you, you, you know, for this game, for a game that nobody really wants to, we've already played them, we beat them 4-0. It's not going to be full-strength teams, I doubt it. It's a game that nobody wants. You can say all you want a week to go, oh, yes, it's very important. There's a chance for silverware. They always say the same thing. And then you look at the team sheet and you go, yeah, you lied to me. So, you know, once bet and twice shy, you might go if it was priced okay. But I'm not paying that. Full stop. I mean, some fans came out talking about boycotts. It's, it's not a case of boycotts. You just don't go if the price isn't right. You don't, you don't have to... Uh, make a song and dance about it but fans were after the terrace view situation and and quite frankly i'm surprised that villa well i'm i'm surprised but not surprised because i think it's going to get worse off the field they want to make money now and they want to uh attack the global market and the people coming into the club are very much driven you know that football's almost secondary to uh, what's going to be happening but ideally and you know, and if if you're looking at it as a good business, you want everything to be moving in the right direction. If you've got your fans happy and the team are playing well, there's nothing better. And it does help players on the pitch. It does help the whole 
club moving forward if everything's moving yep. in the right direction. And that's down to the, the club. And yeah, I do have concerns going forward for sure. And, you know, from speaking to other people, they are echoed as well. But it's unnecessary. You can make you can you make money when you're successful, but you can make it in a good way rather than being tone deaf and breaking traditions and breaking with the idea of upgrading what was meant to be a, a GA plus experience in the whole tent to this hospitality lanyards and velvet ropes ropes and that hostess is like, who thought that was a bloody good idea? Wait, that, that stuff's bullshit. And a lot of the problems that they want solving ultimately will be solved or very much helped by building a new stand. They can't get that new stand up quickly enough, really. But I still, I do wonder if the actual, because we saw it against Hibs, and I spoke to a couple of people who've actually, you know, they're regularly in hospitality. I think it was, was there one box that was in use in the Doug Ellis, for example? So the, the financial landscape of Birmingham is not what the, the Americans are hoping it is. That they think, oh, there's, there's an end, there's an end, there's an there's an endless pot of money for these corporate Birmingham to spend here. There isn't. Trinity wasn't full, was it? The padded seats in the Trinity was a huge gap. Trinity's been empty, uh, you know, almost like a third empty hospitality in the first home game of the season against Everton as well. Yep. So yeah, good luck uh, hammering Bromies into uh, you know financial submission. Meanwhile, Moreno looks like he's back. Hallelujah. Yeah, After the God. international break, he's popping up in all the, the training photos. Hopefully, we'll see Ramsey Ramsey back uh, after this international break. Uh, and it's yeah, hopefully not the next, not the next, <laughs> not the next one. Hmm. Musa Diaby's decent start has been rewarded with Player of the Month for August. I would say that's fair. He's been good, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Started well. Hung along, may that continue. Martinez nominated for the Ballon d'Or. Is it, is it the main one? Yep. Yeah. All right, and the Yashin trophies as well. Yep. Rachel Daly and uh, DVD, our Dutch goalkeeper, have been nominated for the female version of the Ballon d'Or as well. And uh, speaking of the women's team, we have signing a lot of uh, forwards. Yeah, they're throwing the kitchen sink at it this summer, aren't they? Ebony Salmon, who started off at Villa, didn't she? Yeah, she'd come back and then... And then the uh, Canadian... Is it Adriana Leon? Leon, yeah. Who is a winger, so a striker and a winger thrown into the mix there. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how that shapes up because it was very much on uh, Rachel Daly uh, last year. And of course, uh, Villa have submitted their 25-man squad. Courtney Horse has been admitted despite having two years left in his contract. So probably a termination there. That's probably what they've been wrangling Mm. over. He's going to have to move on to a hip-hop career. You never know. It could, could be an interesting career move for him. Before we go on, helping to support the show, NordVPN are offering a bumper deal where you can get an extra four months free on top of uh, huge savings on the personal choice when it comes to VPN, of my old man said. If you want to protect your privacy on your devices and while you're browsing, then NordVPN allows you to use it on six devices and... Of course, one of the key attributes of a VPN is it allows users to watch sporting events, TV shows, films, which aren't available in their region by switching their virtual location to a country where you can watch it. Perfect for those 3pm kickoffs on Saturday or 2pm kickoffs on a Sunday for the untelevised games in the UK. To grab your exclusive discounts, 
off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash moms and you'll receive four extra months for free and there's a no risk Nord 30 day money back guarantee as well. You'll find the link uh, in the episode description notes as well. So check it out. Three points. Point number one, every NFL team makes more profit than any Premier League club, apparently. A recent report by Sportico, looking at the 2022 year-end figures, found that all NFL teams made more profit than uh, even Manchester City. The lowest NFL profit was the Buffalo Bills with 65 million US dollars. When you convert British pounds, uh, Manchester City's was 59 million. Same report had Villa making a $2 million profit. One of only seven teams in the Premier League to actually uh, register a profit. Top dogs were Dallas Cowboys, 460 million pound profit. Mm, that's ridiculous. It is. Considering, especially when you consider the number of games the teams play, they don't actually play that many games, do they, in an NFL season? Yeah. It's just a money maker, isn't it? Chris Heck's going to be thinking about, hmm, £15 pints. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> I think the 1888 seats pricing and the Terrace View at uh, 1890, you know, 90 odd pounds that's going to be the that's where he sees the landscape for every ticket i think stress test that mm. thirty thousand waiting list good luck with that one as well yeah, good luck with that one mate uh point number two barcelona resort to the selling of pieces of uh Norcamp grass to make money sounds like the birmingham city council they've got well they got seven percent of the airport they can sell uh, they've still got a bit of a percentage of the nac can they, they sell can the bill sell off sorry can they sell the bill? They better not, but can they, can they sell the bits of the bill, the Commonwealth bill? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't, you can't sell Aussie. Yeah. <laughs> you can't sell bloody Aussie. Uh, how are they selling this grass? By the, well, by the gram? They're sell- <laughs> they are selling it um, in small f- framed boxes which th- with a certificate of authenticity with it as well. So pieces of the pitch are going for 20 to 50 euros while online the Barcelona shops offering larger bits of the pitch. Um, mm. What, going for all your the back way up, garden? Going all the way up to 420 euros is the most expensive bit. But this is in, a, a few months ago, um, a report by Mundo Deportivo claimed that Barcelona were planning on launching a collection of jewellery called the Etern Spotify New Camp 1957, which they were going to try and manufacture pins, bracelets, cufflinks and things like that using diamonds forged from the grass of the pitch. Hmm. Diamonds <laughs> forged? What? Say that again. Diamonds forged from the grass of the pitch. I don't know how you do that, but they couldn't forge a diamond out of Coutinho to sell the villa. <laughs> uh, point number three, somebody making waves in Spain. Mr. Jude Bellingham, who started very well for uh He's been superb. Madrid. Brilliant, brilliant for England in, against Scotland. Yeah. Around the show. Very much uh, he's the latest guy that England's hopes rest on. He's inadvertently uh, has got the... Uh, yeah, he's got the backing of the biggest lobby group in the world. Yeah, the, the Swifties, Taylor Swift's fan base, has come to his aid to make him a shoo-in for the uh, the Golden... What is the Golden Boys? The Golden Boys, the, the best young player to play for a European team. So Zaniola finished ninth in it a few seasons ago, in the same season that Haaland. So what was the situation here? 
situation was um, a player called Alejandro Balde. Someone asked him about Taylor Swift's music and Balde just simply said, Taylor Swift, no, I don't like her music. So uh, a Taylor Swift fan got the hold of this and just started an online campaign. And in a recent Tuto Sport Because poll, the, the actual poll, isn't it, for the Golden Boy vote is online. Yeah, and the, the Tuto Sport poll, Bellingham's share of the vote soared from 30% to close to 90%. <laughs> And they're not the only ones trying to Brighton have had a go as well because Brighton put out on X, do you know that Kairou Matoma is a massive Taylor Swift fan, tagging Taylor Swift as well, just to see if they can get him the Goal of the Month award. <laughs> well, it's just like... It's crazy. Just like it's, Brian, Brian, Brian are on it. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They're trying to raise the Swifty army for their march on Europe. Well, it means, you know, if if, if, you, if, if Villa's home games are like Taylor Swift gigs, you'd have another 40,000 outside, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Let's have a look at what Emery's been saying this week. Normally in an international break, they get an interview, if it's not with a CEO, since we don't have one of them, uh, it's with the manager. Yeah, who is in charge at the moment? We don't really know. The first question was about uh, the Villa projects, as if it's like some kind of uh, school assignment. I, I think people just mention it just to wind me up, but I can't stand the whole idea that of, of a football club that you follow and you and you you love being called a project for people. They started with Paul Lambert in a Villa context, I think. But anyway, this is this is the talk nowadays. So uh, let's go with it, regardless of whatever the, he, he thinks the project is. The main interesting point, and uh, it is interesting, is, sorry, says Emery, referring to the team as stronger than last season, which you'd hope would be uh, after spending uh, what we've spent. But the problem is, is, is that true? Because when you look at it, we are starting this season, well, we're currently in the situation where we haven't got Mings, or we haven't had Mings, Buendia, Moreno and Ramsey. Now, yes, you've got new signings in, Diaby, Zaniola, Torres... Tillemans. It's a question that won't be answered until later on. But at the moment, how do you feel about Villa's strength? Because we had momentum as well at the end of last season. And until you bedded some of these in, you won't really know. Yeah, we, we, just, we don't know, do we? At the moment, 
if I don't this agree current yet. team played the one that finished last season, I think the one that last season wins. Yeah. Certainly towards the, the back end of the season. I think once we turned the corner with that, you know, when the, we had the three games, didn't we? Where we got a bit of a spanking. But once we got our kind of our house in order, we, we were, you know, we were resilient. We were good going forward. We were strong at the back. And I think, you know, the, the guys we've, we're missing, you know, Mings was huge for us. Buendia became a big player. Ramsey and Moreno were yeah. massive, weren't they, through sort of April? So I don't agree with him yet. I think we're just, we're just different. Yeah, the way you can quantify it is you just look at the two trips to Anfield. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good way of putting it, especially you know, the, the first half performances. I mean, you know, we completely played them off the park, didn't we, last season in that first 45? We should have been and home and You mentioned the word resilience, and, and we yeah. were resilient against them we were. then. We were. And we, you know, we, we, we thoroughly deserved to draw that day. Phil, what do you think in terms of Emery at this moment saying we're stronger? I mean, you know, ultimately, we, we you need to bed players in like Zaniola. We haven't really seen much of him. Tillemans hasn't even started yet in the league. No, I, I can't say the team's as strong, especially resilience, a good word, but also sort of like as in a tackling sense, in a defensive sense, they're just not as strong. I mean, you yeah, just look at... Yeah, three of those players, Mings, Buendia and Ramsey. I'm leaving Moreno out, but he can put a foot in if he needs to as well. But you're missing massively the, the Mings at the back, especially Buendia nipping around midfield and Ramsey knows to put a foot in as well. I mean, that's that's huge. I mean, you don't, the pace that the three of those players have in actually getting to the opposition. I mean, you saw against Liverpool, Ollie Watkins, I meant to say, I criticised him in the last podcast for not sort of closing down their centre-backs, but in his defence, when you think about it afterwards, if he closes them down as one person, a one-man press isn't enough anymore. You need lots yeah. of presses. And Wendy and Ramsey would always have went with Watkins in the press and tried to do that. But just don't see yet the Albi and Bailey. It's not their, it's not their game to press. Yeah, but uh, I mean, in, in terms of uh, a broader context, it's something that you'd be able to answer more around Christmas, uh, I would imagine. I think so. I, th- I think I think in terms of strength, in terms of like depth and squad and maybe variety, I would agree with him in those terms. Once you get Ramsey and yeah. Moreno back, we do have some really interesting firepower now. Um, and you, you looked at the Anfield game, even though the result was bad, I actually looked at the game before and I thought the bench is starting to look like what you want it to look like. And that's with a nine-man bench as well. There was no like two goalkeepers or four kids propping it up. They were all guys you think they would all come on. I think we're stronger in terms of having the ability to play more games with a, let's say, a, a higher average level of player. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So in that sense, very much so. Which which kind of bleeds into being able to handle uh, the European. Which is extra kind of what he said, wasn't it? Yeah, he, wants to, yeah. he wants to fight on all fronts. He did. I mean, he did say, uh, you know, as people do say, Premier League is the most important thing, but mentioned the Europa Conference very quickly after it. With the two domestic cups, a distant third, I think, in his thinking. Because you just have to look at his record. And, you know, he reminded us of his record because, and you know that he, he takes pride in it. He's, you know, he's played 16 years in a row in Europe. He's played seven times in semifinals, as he said, five times in finals and won four times. Now, he was itching to keep that run going with Filler, and it did very well to certainly uh, fulfill fulfill it and keep it going with uh, the start that what he had to inherit in terms of where we were but now he'll be in intent while he's at Villa to stay in that European picture and they'll definitely he'll definitely uh, take it seriously I mean I keep saying it's a backdoor to stay in Europe to to win that tournament so yeah there's no question that that is of outside of the league that is the main concern it has to be. Well, it's just, as you said, it's just your potentially the easiest route to fulfil all your goals. You want to win a trophy and you want to be in Europe next year. This is that's going to be the 
you know, doing it in the league is dif- is difficult. We should, you know, we should, we did an amazing job, and it shouldn't be underestimated the, the, the effort. But you think of the run of form we had to get us into Europe last year. Like that doesn't happen all that often. Yeah, I mean, it's especially pretty impressive con- considering yeah. how poor we were in the first half. I mean, you fa- you know you factor in a bit of consistency over the season, but you know you you also factor in sort of Chelsea and Spurs being nowhere to be seen and. It- things like that so it's it's difficult to do even just to do what we did last season again would be an incredible achievement in the league but I think the cup is where we want to be and, and we all want to win a trophy problem is if you look at the end of September and October it's is you know it's two games every week yeah and then it becomes a mental toil and, and and this is a new challenge for Villa isn't it yeah and it's going to be interesting for like players like Tillemans who already did speak his mind in his press conference uh, before Belgium played their first yeah. game. And that sort of got more, more probably more attention than it should have. I can a second guess, you know, how it's spun into headlines. Obviously, he's not going to be happy about not yeah, starting. And, and you wouldn't want him to be. You don't, you don't want your players glad to be on the bench. But when he's come on, he's uh, he's been really tidy. And you know you're not going to have any complaints with him. Mm-hmm. No, it's fine. There's, there's, there's nothing to worry about with Telemans. You just think Kamara and Louise have got the have got the shirt right now in there, but there's no there's no worry about putting Telemans in. Yeah, and there's plenty of games. I mean, he's going to be starting. Uh, he's going to play a lot of games. Yeah, a lot, and, yeah. and he's pretty much come on in every match, hasn't he? he? Always comes off the bench, so he's going to feature in every game for Villa. And there is yeah, no worries about what about his abilities. Benteke always used to sh- sh- sort of sound off his mouth every time he went to um, Belgian international duty as well. Well, he's always trying to get a move, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was. But I mean, it just it seems to be they go on international duty and they just sort of this, they're able to speak their minds, or maybe they're they're questioned and sort of like down that line because it's probably not something they would have he would have just come out and said. It's just something like, "Oh, how's things going?" Like that. There, and he goes, "Well, now that you've asked me, he's just yeah. told it." Or they can, if someone asks you, "Are you happy being on the bench?" What are you supposed to say? If you come out and say, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I'm loving being on the bench," you look like a dreadful professional. So either way, it's going to get spun. I, I don't really take. I love too it much. though. He was talking about the project when he first joined <laughs> the project bitting him in the ass the villa table yeah you know he's just got to be patient uh he i think he'll play a part if, if you know villa are going to do anything uh, he'll need to uh, step up yeah he will part of the cause the uh the interview nothing you know great revelations uh other than the four the four the four pronged thing of the villa this sort of villa the villa table he described it as yeah with the four legs to the club, which was a strange way of putting it. What are the four legs for those who haven't well, it's the, seen it? It's the fans and the club with it, with all its idiosyncrasies, which is kind of a, a, bit, a bit of a long word that came out of nowhere, considering obviously he's relatively broken English. But I, I kind of get what he means. I'm guessing he's talking about the sort of the overall culture of the club and the connection to the fans and the owners. What's the other and two the, legs? And, and then the staff and then, of course, the players. Right. And who's the tabletop? Mm. That's the terrace view, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Bang on the money. Right. Let's have a little uh, update on uh, fancy Premier League top Villa players uh, so far, Phil Shaw. Who's who's the top points racker-upper? Well, top is the August player of the month for Villa. It's uh, Musa Diaby with 24. Although, surprisingly enough, Matty Cash is pretty close to him with 21, which as a right back and a team that's conceded plenty of goals, he's done, done well to get 21. That double against Burnley helped. Then yeah, I'd love to know if he got all his points in like one game. Yeah, yeah. And then third place is Ollie Watkins, who, despite his critics, me included, is still sort of chipping away and contributing. That's what you want. Yeah, I think That's what he's there to do. Right, let's have some medium muppetry. Mm-hmm. 
Right, what's uh, been happening in the papers? Is it all about Southgate, the, the wonderful manager that he is, where he changes his mantra pretty much every selection? I only pick the players in form to I only pick the players that don't play. Yeah, well, you, you've guessed right. I mean, with it being International Week, the press have been a, a bit bored and struggling for stories. So at, at the start of the International break, it seemed to be about a dozen articles on how amazing Spurs suddenly are after only four games. But the, the most interesting one about Spurs was an insight into the psyche of James Madison. The, the headline was he likes to be the main man when he goes for a roast dinner with his family whatever that means i just didn't i think it was something to do with how he likes to be like in the center of attention on the pitch and an entertainer and that carries on in this family life so he's probably the one who's paying for the uh, the roast dinner the family roast dinner would i'd probably add so he he's probably is going to be the main man well, somebody that can certainly afford to pay for um, a roast dinner um, also had an interview. So Jordan Henderson's first interview with since <laughs> joining the Saudi Pro League. Working on it's, segues there. Yeah, I mean, talk about stitching himself up. It was just like rabbit in the headlights. It was an interview with The Athletic and in it, just the, the two main points was he claimed that it wasn't for the money that he went and that the figures were inflated and then... My personal favourite was when he, he compared going to the Saudi Pro League like whenever England went to the Qatar World Cup. He said they were briefed by Amnesty International and told, you know, all the things that were happening over there and to be aware of it. But whenever they got there, it wasn't that bad. Everything was fine. Basically, he didn't didn't notice or he didn't even entertain the possibility that could have been a staged experience for him and the rest of the England team whenever they got over there. Like, like all those fans that they paid to w- welcome various uh, international teams into their hotels yeah but we're burying the lead a bit because you mentioned it earlier about um, Gareth Southgate picking his favourites Henderson being one of them because he played the full 90 minutes for England against Ukraine he, I mean they took Jude Bellingham off before they took Henderson they didn't take Henderson off at all and that has led to more questions about Southgate just picking up on that interesting that he went for Henderson in the competitive game and didn't have him in or had him on the bench for the, the Scotland friendly yes and he's come out and said that he won't be bothering to go and um, watch Henderson in person over in the Saudi League. So it's he's he's not sending a good message to anybody that's not in his um in his clique, in his England clique. Namely, we were saying about Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire didn't need to come on against Scotland and then he scored another howler of an own goal. He didn't even need to go near the ball either. He ends up just kicking it into his own net to give Scotland a bit of hope before England crushed it again. But what has come out afterwards is Southgate has just leaped to his defence and he's basically pointing fingers all around, blaming the press and blaming the pundits for the the ridicule that Harry Maguire gets now. And all the while, like Southgate's just showing this like lack of self-awareness that he's part of the problem by picking this player who isn't even playing for his club. So he's rusty. He is going to make more mistakes because he's not playing. And Gareth is just putting him up there to be shot at. He's like putting him in the spotlight. Yeah, it's... Uh... I mean, what does it say about the England situation at centre-back? If somebody who's you know, so bang out of form, he didn't even play for his club anymore. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Stones was injured, Mings was injured, Cody, who was obviously in the, in, has been in previous squads, is injured. We, we're kind of pretty low on, you know, I'm, I, mean, I quite like Lewis Dunk anyway, so I'd have him in the squad anyway. But, you know, we're not in great shape at, in the centre. It's probably our only real weak spot, isn't it, in terms of yeah. depth? Mm-hmm. One thing that I saw going around was this: the idea that Manchester United were entertaining Anwar Al Ghazi as a free Brilliant. agent. I mean, good luck. I mean, to the where guy. did that come? Where, where did that come from? Well, I actually thought he was going to end up at Arsenal because he was watching the Arsenal match with his agent, but then. 
<laughs> Arsenal were actually playing Manchester United at the Did, time. You so. do know, uh, hang on a minute. I mean, do people know that he's, he's kind of limited as a Premier League player? Yes, but he's been away now. You don't know that's how the Premier League works. I mean, when you're actually playing week in, week out, people people don't rate you at all. If you're out injured at all, the Grealish example, or if you move countries, suddenly you're amazing. You, you can. That's why Jordan Henderson, he's going to come back and be Ballon d'Or worthy. That's why Steve not, McLaren went to Holland as well. Yeah. <laughs> Where do you think Anwar Al Ghazi will end up? Blues. I think for comedy value, he actually will end up at United. I think it'd be brilliant. How the fuck is he going to get in the United squad? <laughs> Special teams, they'll bring it. him on for set pieces. That would be Ten Hag signing his death warrant. Wouldn't it be hilarious if he came good there and he had the last laugh? Well, no, because we'd be pissed off then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'd just laugh. It's all yeah, relative. It's, I mean, his uh, time at PSV fell apart once uh, Van Nistelrooy uh, was no longer the manager because he, he had a good relationship with him and the manager that came in, he had previous with, so that was never going to work out. Right, so uh, big thank you to all the Mailman Said members. Uh, we will be getting back down to match club business properly with all these uh, away games coming up. So we look forward to uh, talking to you then. Uh, if you want to join uh, as, as a Mailman Said member and support the show and the uh, website, which actually I've, I've migrated the hosting and server two or three times in the last week. It's driving me crazy. It's, uh, it's still in pre-season, the website, put it that way. <laughs> it's been a nightmare. I've been let down by uh, hosts that can't even do internal migrations of servers, if, that, if anybody knows what I'm talking about there. Y- your SSL's done instead of your ACL? Yes, exactly. But as a member, you will get uh, ad-free versions of the podcast, extra shows as well. Also, you'll be uh, supporting my efforts. It's going to be a lot of extra work with all these meetings, and I'll talk about it in the uh, members' show. I would say go to myomansaid.com and click on the membership link to get more details of becoming a Myomansaid member, but it might not actually be up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you can go to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com stroke moms because that's where you'd have to end up anyway but there'll be all the details are there if you want to join us it should get juicy in the next uh, month or so when we do start to thrash it out with the club in terms of you know let's get it right off the pitch as well as on the pitch and when everything's moving in one direction then we will all reap the benefits let's not just try to uh, take supporters for a ride just because you think uh positive results is an opportunity to make money off them that's not the ethos that's not how you create a successful football club no basically we're saying don't be dickheads yeah you could boil it down to that yep but uh, yeah please do join us and uh, follow us on social media i've kind of taken a few days off that uh, during the international break but we will be back on there feed some snippets here and there on there as well so at my old man said across all channels and don't forget to follow us on whatever podcast app you listen to the show on welcome to all the uh, the new mad few facebook group members as well which is a dedicated group we have for listeners of the show not quite match club but still it's uh but what is but what is exactly exactly right it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.